Um, okay, so where are we? Just coming up to five past 11. It'd be great, wouldn't it, to, with kids here to uh, be done by half past. So I'm going to be cutting as we go. Um, everyone in the church had the memo, apart from me, <laughs> that kids' church wasn't on today. Um, but that's okay. Thank you if you have brought your children today. Because I know that um, it, can be, it can be a bit stressful trying to find stuff for them to do for an hour and a half or a bit more. And I know also that you can feel like, oh gosh, my children are too loud and I know everybody must be looking at me and wondering why I'm not parenting. Um, I've now entered that realm too, and that's okay. We don't look at each other like that here. We love each other and we support each other. And so if you do look at other people like that, please don't. Um, yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> Hi, thank you very much. It's half past, have coffee. Okay, um, right. It is Palm Sunday, and I'm going to mention that a bit, but not a lot this morning. Um, we've been looking, or we're looking just last week with Nikki, and this week with me, just before we get to um, the Easter Cafe Church service next week, about Hope Lives, this journey through Easter and towards Easter. And so with just one week to go before Easter, there were so many potential things that I could have spoken on this morning. I looked at Peter. I just studied Peter in the, the week up to Jesus' death. I looked at the Garden of Gethsemane in detail. I thought, shall I go there? Where shall I go? I looked at different things. But um, I'm actually today going to be pulling back a little bit from the sort of passion story and to a bigger picture of God's love for us. Who here loves receiving presents? Who's a real present person? Like, it means a lot to you. You have to get a present. Thank you for the four people who like presents. Okay. Well, I tell you what. If it's time to warm up a little bit, let's try again. Hands up. Be brave now. Don't, don't be a sheep. Don't bleat if the person in front does. If you like receiving a present, even if you think that's a bit guilty, put your hand up with me. We like pretty good. Look at that. Four becomes about 104. Well done, you hundred. That was good. Um, for some people, receiving gifts is actually what, how, how love is demonstrated. Um, that isn't the way for me, and therefore I'm, I'm less likely to to give gifts. However, words for me, written words, are even less so. So I have to really struggle to, to write a card to Nikki, and it means everything to Nikki that she gets words. You know, I just think, well, come on, let me just do the, the washing up, and I'll do the ironing, and that will prove. No, it doesn't prove it for Nikki. She wants a little card under the pillow. But all of us love different things, and presents are a great thing to receive. And this is a time of year when we can consider gifts. You know, I... I learned something amazing this week about Easter that I never knew before. I don't know how I didn't know. But did you know? I mean, you probably will. The Easter bunny is responsible for delivering eggs. What? I, I never knew. No one ever told me. I had no idea. I know you all know that. I was sheltered. My parents never told me the truth about Easter. They never told me about the Easter bunny delivering eggs. I thought when we did um, Easter egg hunts in people's gardens... The parents had put them there, but no. And Aria told me last week, she said last, week, last year she went on an Easter egg hunt and the Easter bunny had come and put these eggs around and she was collecting them. And I, it was an absolute news flash to me. It passed me by. Do you know, actually, it's not just the Easter bunny in this country. There are other animals that do it in other lands. In some parts of Germany, it's a fox. The Easter fox delivers the eggs. And in Switzerland, it's the cuckoo. The Easter cuckoo. Isn't that beautiful? Um, That's a good thing. By the way, if all the kids have now left the room, that was probably my only bit that they might enjoy. Um, <laughs> okay, but we're going to zoom out. We're going to zoom out, and we're going to look at a really well-known passage uh, from John 3, 16. 
You know, lots of us in our, for our passwords on our phone, we've got 0316, if that's about 12 of you. Probably need to change that now. Don't have that as your key fob lock outside your house or your padlock, you know. Ours is that, no, don't say. <laughs> but ours is the Bible verse too, so don't do it. Um, John 3.16. And we're going to read uh, 14 to 17, so it's just a bit, bef- bit either side. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Brilliant passage, isn't it? I love that verse 17. God didn't send his son in the world, into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, I've got a little uh, slide here. And I don't want you to spend too long thinking about it. But when I was looking at this, I just thought of a few things. Some things that I love some things that I really love and some things that I love so much. That, oh, that's so much. And in fact, for me, when I wrote these, I realized that when you get to the so much part of love, it switches from what to who, generally. Okay, so I might, for me, I love a chicken dansack. So maybe that's number one. I lo- Do I really love a chicken dansack? Maybe I don't make it to that. But maybe my friends make it into that category. I really love my friends. I'm so grateful for my friends. But who do I love so much? It's become a who. I love Nikki, I love Aria and Saren, I love them so much. Just have a think for yourself. What are the things that, if you had to quickly answer those questions, you don't have to do it with anybody, just have a think. Only 10 seconds more. Okay, you've had a little time to think about that. We're going to focus on the so much ones, the ones at the bottom. And that word so is really emotive. I love you so much, or I so love you. It's a, it's a small word, but it, it adds a bit of the mm to the thing. I love you so much. For God so, for God so loved the world, or he loved the world so much, that. There was a natural action that came. There's a that that follows because of the uh, of the of the feeling. Okay. Now, some people I've, I've been informed, some scholars think that the word so may have been added later, but it's helpful for us in understanding how much God loved us, whether that so should be there or whether it shouldn't be there. This is, this is how much God loved the world that he gave. He loved us so much, it was a uh, sort of thing, that he was moved into action for us. And when we love people so much, we are moved into action, we would be prepared to move into action. It's if I say, oh, I love Saren so much that it's easy for me to put things at the end of that. I love her so much that I would do anything for her. I, would, I just want to protect her, look after her. It's, it, it moves me to action if I love her that much. And what about the God of the universe, the sustainer of life, the creator of all things, the beginning and the end? He loved the world so much. And the Greek word for the world does mean the whole cosmos but it also means the people on it. And one of the definitions of the world is that he loved people who were alienated from him, the ungodly, so much, so much, with an emotive love that he was moved to do something about it. He was moving to action, and for him, he gave. How does the love in your life move you into action? How does it move me? 
You see, do you love this city or do you love your village or do you love your town, wherever you happen to live? Do you love your neighbor, your colleagues, your friends, your church? Do you love Jesus? Do you love those things, those people so much that you're moved into action? Or do you just say, well, I love Chelmsford, but it's just the, like the top level love up there. I love it. I love, I love my neighbors. I do love my neighbors. Great. But I don't really love them. I don't love them so much that I'm actually going to do something about it, put myself out of my comfort zone and make a difference. You see that sort of love? It's a challenge to us. Do we love the people we're called to so much that we'll actually do something about it? For God so loved the world that he gave. He loved the world so much, the ungodly, those people who didn't even care for him, so much that he gave. And then I rewrote this question for myself. For people maybe speaking about me one day. For Pete so loved Jesus that he gave dot, dot, dot. What would I be prepared to give to the God who gave everything for me? Do I love him so much that I'm moved into action and I just have to respond, whether it's giving or something else? Would I, do I give back? Or do I love him just like I love a chicken dancer? <laughs> Where is God in this? And do we, do you, do I love him enough to give? And what would we give? What would we give? What would you give? What would I give? What's off limits for God this morning? I love you so much, God, that I'll give you everything Everything minus what? What do we take off the list? What wouldn't we give? He gave everything for us, and it's really challenging. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave Jesus. Now, for us with our human brains, the concept of the Trinity is a bit beyond our comprehension, even if we're very, very clever. The Father, Son, and the Spirit are one. There's only one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. By the way, the son is not the father's child. The son is not younger than the dad. The son has always existed along with the other two. And yet the father can give his son as a gift. Huh? Confused? It is a bit confusing. It's one of the oldest mysteries, yet it is true. Father, son, and spirit are one. We only serve one God. If you've never thought about it before, please do. Okay? It's important that we think about what we believe. And people who come up to you and say, Father, God, Holy Spirit, they're one. That doesn't make sense. Do you get it? And you're like, no, I don't really get it either. I never really thought about it. It's, easy. it's better for us to have some things thought through in our lives. So please have a think about it. God the Father loved us so much that he was moved into action to give his precious, precious son. His son who would come as a baby, grow to be a man, live a sinless life. So that through his death, because he never did anything wrong ever, we can be seen as sinless or righteous. His sinlessness brought our righteousness before God. Big words, and I'm going to go fast past them because time ticks. A man who would be betrayed, beaten, despised, rejected, and executed. So that through his victory over death, we might have the chance to live. We might have the chance to live. Now, this morning... I'm going to determine that I won't be put off, okay? Determine. You... Zone in. <laughs> Zone in. These beautiful children, we want them to love Jesus. We want them to love church. 
we never want them to feel like this isn't their home and this isn't their place of, this isn't as much theirs as it's ours. And if we know Jesus and they don't, then it's more important they're here than we are. So we have to make sure that we have a great attitude towards our children, please. So Jesus would be betrayed, beaten, despised, rejected and executed so that through his victory over death, we have the chance to live. Faster. You've got all the words there, Val. (laughs) You've had a read. Okay. A man who would be betrayed. Who's got... Well, I need Pete Charlesworth up here. He could do the voice. A man who would... For the trailer. Betrayed, beaten, despised, rejected, and executed. So that through his victory over death, we might have the chance to live. That was your sentence, Val. We're off again. Um... He gave his son because he loved us so much. So please remember that this Easter, okay? That you are loved so much, so much by your Father in heaven that he gave his son for you and gave his son for me. Why did he he, um, do that? The Father loved and he gave, but why? So that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What then is our part? Our part is this, to believe. God so loved that he gave his only son that whoever believes, we've got something we need to do in here, whoever believes will not perish but will have eternal life. What do you believe in? Do you believe in the Easter Bunny? I do not. Sorry, kids. The political system, Father Christmas. Yes. A thing called love. Ooh. Love at first sight. Do you believe that Jesus lived? Do you believe that Jesus was just a good man? Do you believe that Jesus is the only, the only way to the Father is through Jesus? What do you believe? Biblical belief is more than mental assent or agreement with a concept. It involves faith. And now I move on to my beautiful assistant, Stooley. Right, I'm going to use a stool for a second, okay? Now... You, you may have seen something like this before, but that's okay. See it again. Biblical faith, biblical belief involves some action. You see, I can easily say, I believe that this chair will take my weight. This stool will hold my weight. I believe that it's been well constructed. Yeah, it looks pretty good. It, I, I believe that it's going to be okay for just my 13 stone, three pounds to sit on there and it's going to be all right. I actually believe I could stand on it and hop. And it's okay. It's not going to break under my weight. Okay? Now, some people believe in Jesus like that. I believe Jesus is, yeah, I believe he's the son of God. I actually do think he probably is the son of God. And I believe, um, yeah, probably the only way to the Father is through him. And I believe, I believe. But there's more than just standing at a distance and believing some words. What our faith involves, what our belief in Jesus involves is this. I believe this stool is going to be able to take my weight. And I'm putting my faith in it. I'm, I'm moving into action. I'm not just mentally agreeing. I'm actually doing something about it. I said stand on it and hop. I wasn't planning to do that. Ooh, health and safety. Where's Freddie? Freddie, it's yours and my name. Oh, my goodness, it just dented in the middle. I don't think I'll hop. So, so what I believed... <laughs> Freddie, you're freaking. Do you want to come... Put a yellow jacket on and come and stand next to me just in case. No, okay. So that's an interesting one. I believed it, but now I'm here. I actually don't. And many of us, <laughs> many of us in our faith. Yeah, the middle's not ready for hopping yet. But 
It still makes a point, doesn't it? That we have to have faith that actually is moved into action. Another story of that would be um, jumping out of an aeroplane. I believe that jumping out of an aeroplane would be exhilarating. I believe that I would get into that plane with a parachute on that I believe somebody would definitely have packed properly and is going to work. I believe that. I would go up there feeling nervous, thinking, why on earth did I do this? I believe that would happen. Then I'd get to the top, they'd open the doors, I'd look out and I'd think, this is stupid, why did I want to do it? I don't want to, but now I'm here, let's do it. I believe that once I fell out of that door with somebody who was more concerned about their life than mine, strapped to my back, I believe that, that... That as I fell out, it would suddenly become exhilarating and incredible and awesome as I hurtled towards the ground, freaking out with these lovely jowls doing everything they do. I've seen all of your pictures. It's amazing. Then I imagine, I believe that when he pulled the parachute cord, it would actually open if he needs to do that. It probably just opens that tree. But I believe that the parachute would open. And I believe I would have an amazing view. So go to the ground. And once I landed, the adrenaline would be kicking and I would love it and I would want to go again. I believe all of those things, but I'm probably never going to do it. I don't know if I can. It seems insane. It seems a ridiculous thing to do if the plane is working. Um, I... And I used to be called Adrenaline Pete. I became so sensible once my frontal lobe was fully developed. I, I always think through the consequences. There's a, that's a big consequence, isn't it? Um, but you see, I can, believe, I can believe that jumping out of a plane is all of those things. But unless I actually get in a plane and do it, it's just a mental thought. And I know some people in this room have jumped out of aeroplanes and all of you would probably go through the journey that I described but loved it and would love to do it again because it is an exhilarating thing. It's an amazing thing, but you can't just agree with it from a distance. You have to get involved. Our role in the, in the Easter story this year is to actively believe in Jesus. Actively, not just, yeah, that's a good idea, a nice concept, but let's get involved There's another part to the equation. John 1, right at the beginning of John, says this. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And you can see there I've highlighted receive twice. And I think that this receiving is a really helpful way of looking at things paired with believing. Nikki, last week, she spoke about um, the oxygen mask that falls down when you lose cabin pressure, and you have a choice whether you want to put that oxygen mask on. Now, no one ever talks about the choice. They just say, if this happens, take it and put it on. Pull down. You know I love doing the demo. Pull down, get the oxygen flow going, put it on. You don't often hear them say, if you, lo- if you want to. Choice is yours, really. You don't have to, but we, you know, it's a good idea, but obviously... We don't want to force you into that. It could mess up the back of your hair with the elastic. It could leave a mark around your face with the plastic, which you may not want. You may even be allergic to plastic products, and you don't want to put that on your face. You could choose not to because you might think it's smelly. You might have a hygiene thing. Maybe it's a dirty one, and someone else has tried it on first. They didn't clean it. Why should I? Why should I put that oxygen mask on? Just because you tell me to. I'm, I'm a rebel. I always. Anyone tells me to do anything, I always do the opposite. So oxygen mask falls down, I'm not putting it on. Check me out. I'm breathing on my own. However it is, I don't actually believe it's going to work. 
My one's probably broken. My stuff's always broken in life. I'm just going to sit here and sulk. So there, there may be a few reasons why you wouldn't put on an oxygen mask, but I doubt any of those would happen. I imagine we would put it on. God so loved the world that he gave a gift to us. Receive it or not is up to us. But those who did receive him, to those people who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. But we have to receive the gift that has been put before us. Today's Palm Sunday, as we know. The day when, as has already been explained to us, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. People were celebrating and rejoicing the coming Messiah, this new king. He fulfilled all of Old Testament scripture by coming on a, on a donkey and not on a horse. And he came in this humble amazing king. People were celebrating, rejoicing, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is amazing. They took off their coats, their garments, whatever they were called, and put them on the floor so that the donkey could ride over people's clothing and over palm leaves as well that were there. And they're waving these branches. They're so excited and receiving Jesus. They received the gift. But one of the things that I've realized looking at this story this week is that they received Jesus on their terms. They thought Jesus was something else. They received him based on the fact that he was going to overthrow the Romans and the, the oppression they were facing. He was going to come in and everything was going to change in a way that they had foreseen, in a way that they almost wanted to prescribe. A week later, Jesus was being crucified and these people weren't anywhere to be seen. They'd turned. And I think it's so easy for us to believe in Jesus, but on our terms, I believe, I believe that you're going to do this for me. And so many of our songs that we sing have a me line in them. But I, it, it's always corporate. It's all, what Jesus did on the cross is for mankind. It's for all of us. We have to receive it. And we have to receive and believe that Jesus is who he says he is, not who we think he should be. And if he doesn't live up to what we think he should be, then we're not playing anymore. We'll pick up our coat again. I wish I hadn't put it under that stupid donkey anyway. Pick up our leaves and go home. That isn't what we're called to. We are called to receive the gift that is offered exactly as it is. Not to prescribe how we want our God to be. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Life here, now, and in the future. Very quickly, John 5.24. Some people think, does that mean just when I die it all starts? No. John 5.24. Very truly I tell you, says Jesus, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Not will have in the future sometime. Has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. So if you know Jesus, you've already moved from death to life. Death has already lost its sting. You are already living in eternity. The John 10.10 10 eternity that says... I've come that you'd have life and life in all its fullness. That's what is there for us to do. Okay, so God the Father, he loved so much that he gave his only son. And what we have to do is believe. Helpful to add into their receive so that we understand those two things together. Actively believe and receive the gift. Until now, we've mentioned dad and we've mentioned us, but we haven't mentioned Jesus. Please spend some time this week reading the Gospels. Please look at Jesus' final week. 
Look at the Last Supper, Gethsemane, the arrest, the trials before Herod and Pilate, the journey to the cross, the crucifixion accounts, the death, the burial, the resurrection accounts. I don't have time to do all that for you. If everything you get is what is set up here, it's not enough. This is just a few things to think about. So please read the final week of Jesus' life this week as we head towards, head towards Easter together. We know the Father loved and gave. We know that we have to receive and believe. And I just want to look at two things quickly that Jesus did that made it all possible. He did many more than these two. But his two for today. Jesus obeyed and Jesus forgave. You know that story where uh, Abraham goes to sacrifice Isaac? I've mentioned it before that I'm always amazed at Isaac's part in it. You know, that Isaac is carrying the firewood up the mountain. That makes him a certain age. That doesn't mean he's four years old and his dad can do whatever he wants to him. He's big enough, strong enough to be carrying the firewood to the top of the hill. And then it says, and then Abraham bound, bound him up. Kids are in. We know the story. Maybe we don't. Have a read. He absolutely assented to the plan. He allowed that to happen to himself. He could have said, Dad, I've carried it this far. You try and tie me up. I'm going to have you. Because, you know, let's be realistic about this. Hold on. Whoa, that wasn't what I signed up for here. I was bringing this up for a sacrificial thing. And I, I said to you, I even said to you on the way, we don't have the sacrificial animal yet. And you said God would provide. So why on earth are you doing this to me? I'm not even playing anymore. I'm going down the hill. Have a nice time. You work it out with your God. How would you be in that situation? Seriously. Kicking, punching? Even when we used to play bulldog and someone tried to pick me up off the floor, I'd be kicking and punching. I, I, so imagine what it would be like if this was going to happen. But he, he was so fully on board. The Trinity is confusing because Jesus obeyed his Father, yet he was God. What is that? And so to help us understand that, I've put he's committed to the cause as well as obeyed. So another way of looking at it, he's committed to the cause. The plan that the Father, the Spirit, and he devised before the creation of the world. He's, he was committed to leave heaven, become one of us, to never, ever sin. He was committed while he was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness. He was committed as people mocked him and tried to trap him throughout his ministry. As he was rejected, he was committed every single step of the way. As the time for his arrest drew near, near Jesus was committed. Even as he cried out in Gethsemane, did we miss something? All that time ago, even before we even thought of time. Oh, back then, did we miss something? If there's any other way, take this away. I don't want to do it in my humanness. But whatever you say, your plan, your will be done, not mine. He was committed. In Hebrews 12, we're encouraged to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's thank Jesus this Easter for his obedience, his, com his complete commitment to the cause. What cause? What joy was set before him? We're considering him who for the joy that was set before him was able to endure the cross and go and be seated at the right hand of the Father. But what was the joy? It wasn't the throne. 
The joy wasn't to be seated next to his father. He was already doing that before he came down as a baby. He already had that. The joy that he had was you and me. This, us. For this, this was, he loved us so much. This was such joy to him to see us saved and back in relationship that he could be committed all the way through the whole journey. Completely committed. And so sometimes, regularly, we, our commitment levels wane to him. We're sorry. We're sorry, Jesus. You're so beautiful. You're so wonderful. You obeyed so incredibly. You're so committed. Help us. Help us to do that. Help us in our unbelief. We want to be like you, Jesus. Thank you that you were all in. Thank you that you never sinned. Thank you that means we're seen as righteous. And thank you that we're saved by your obedience to death on a cross. Thank you. And the second thing up there, it says, Jesus forgave. And we've heard it already this morning. We read it together. While we were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, and this is the bit, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So his blood being poured out bought our forgiveness. And one of the things that I looked at again and saw for the first time, it's amazing how many times, every time you read the Gospels, you see something for the first time. The moment that forgiveness began wasn't once Jesus had died, been resurrected, came back out, and our our forgiveness was bought. No, his blood was poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And as that was happening, that's when it all began. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they don't even know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. In that moment, in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the suffering, our incredible Jesus was already forgiving us. Our forgiveness was already being activated. It's incredible, isn't it? Our beautiful saviour, he was committed to the cause. He obeyed every step of the way and he forgave. And he, he has bought our forgiveness for everything we've ever done wrong, everything we ever will do wrong, all the things we've done and said we wish we hadn't and all the things we wish we'd said and done but we didn't. We have been forgiven for all of that mess because of the cross. So at Easter this year, Let's remember, shall we, the love of the Father who so loved us that he gave his only son. Let's remember two things but many more, the obedience and the total commitment of the son and the forgiveness that's been bought for us, but we have a part to play in this this year. Will we believe it actively, not just mentally? Have faith in Jesus. Will we receive the gift on his terms, not ours, that has been offered to us? Big questions, aren't they? I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week and brilliant Easter. Let me pray for us and then we'll have coffee. Lord, we thank you for Easter. We thank you that we can remember, Jesus, everything that you did. We thank you for your commitment, your obedience. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your forgiveness that's been purchased for us. Beautiful Jesus. Thank you, Dad, that you so loved us so loved us with that emotive love that had to move. You loved us so much that you gave us something and you gave us the best gift, your son. Thank you that you loved us that much. In our ungodliness and in our darkness, you loved us. And so this morning we say that we are going to be individuals. We're going to respond 
and say, we want to actively believe this year. We want to sit on the stool, not just agree with the stool as a good concept from a distance. We want to get involved. We actively believe in you, Lord, and we receive the gift that you gave to us, Father. We receive the gift of your Son on his terms, not ours. Help us when we've been disappointed, we've been looking in the wrong direction. Help us to focus on you, Jesus, on you, Dad. Thank you, Lord. Amen.